Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm here every week on 1180 WFYL, sitting down with some great ladies from the Philadelphia area and finding out what they're up to. Um, Today, I'd like to introduce you to a a great young lady who is um, an attorney in the Philadelphia area, and I'm happy to have her in the studio today. Her name is Mia Teneri. And she is associate with Nino V. Teneri and Associates in town, which is a uh, family practice. So welcome to the studio today. Thank you for having me. Um, I'd, I'd like to get right into talking a little bit about um, your younger years and growing up in the area of Philadelphia and um, some of the things that you might have been involved in growing up uh, in school. And um, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in Yardley, and I went to school in Princeton at a school called Stewart Country Day School of the Sacred Heart, and I was involved in sports, uh, a lot of sports, and um, I was also heavily involved in music as a child because my mom was involved with Universal Records. So um, I would travel from Yardley to Princeton, New Jersey every morning, and then I would stay late for uh, whatever sport I was playing at the time. And then I would come home, and um, from there I would, whatever instrument I was playing at that time, I would then practice that, and then I would do my homework. Um, but I was, I was heavily involved in music, a lot of music. What types of sports did you play? Oh, goodness. I played lacrosse, field hockey, soccer, and tennis. Wow. Mm-hmm. You were a busy girl. I was. Were you, it was fun. Were you, were you involved in uh, student government or student council? I was. Actually, I was a... Uh, Gosh, you're really jogging my memory. Um, <laughs> I was president of, of my eighth grade class in student, for student council. And I believe in, in high school, I was also president for my uh, freshman class. And then because I was so busy with sports, I, I no longer uh, participated in student government. Right. Um, and I understand your mom worked outside of the house. Can you tell me a little bit about what she was doing and what you were observing as a young girl? Sure. Um, when I was younger... Uh, she, my mom had a very has a very interesting life, but when I was growing up, she was um, just stepping outside of the music world uh, as a promoter for Universal Records, and she had joined um, a lot of political campaigns. And at that time, she had just finished her degree at Penn, getting a, her master's in social work. So um, while she was <laughs> going to school, getting her degree, she was also helping my dad, who was um, in, in Philadelphia as a lawyer. He was doing a lot of the cr- criminal defense work. She would go with him to the prisons to meet clients and speak with the clients while he would speak with them um, regarding the law. She would speak with them regarding you know, basically you know, how they were raised, how they grew up, and just try to find out the other side of their lives right that's so interesting it to was. me it I mean was. what a what a cross you know industry for the two of them to be in <clears throat> excuse me um I I think that's really they must have had some really interesting conversations absolutely. at home at night after work <laughs> absolutely it was really you know for for my sisters and I it was really fun to to grow up like that because uh while they were you know while they were always working we were very involved in their in their in their work lives, so we were heavily influenced on, you know, by our parents to to work and make sure that we, um, you know, did what we wanted to do. Right. And did your mom talk to you about that? Did she say to you, you know, um, as far as just finding out what your career was going to be, um, giving you that support as a working mom? A- absolutely. And I laughed because um, my mom ha- has always been so supportive of authors. It's my sister Nina and my other sister Kim, and she's always been extremely supportive um, of all three of us. And we all do 
totally different things. I'm a lawyer, Kim's a teacher, and my sister has her own uh, public affairs firm. And we were never told what we had to be. There was never, you must be this, you must do this. It was kind of, um, you know, you need, the education was heavy, so you, you needed to be educated. And from there, make, you know, an educated decision on what you wanted to do. Right. But there was never, she never forced us to do anything. You know, going into law or going into the music industry, yeah. just whatever your passion is. Yeah, same with my dad. He never um, never forced us to do anything that, you know, we didn't want to do. Is just do what you feel most comfortable with. So at, when you were in high school, those those years, were you starting to think about going into law at that never. point? I Not never, at that point. ever, okay. ever, ever, ever wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> ever. You saw, you know, you saw all the hard work and the downsides. Oh, yes. I saw a lot of that. But it's funny because I was the, I'm the baby of the family. So I am the typical baby. I did everything that I ever wanted to do growing up. Um, from piercing my own ears <laughs> to, <laughs> to um, you know, g- wind up going to law school, which, you know, is, is not easy. It's so not. It's, <laughs> law school is one of the most humbling experiences anybody will ever go through. It's, it's torture. It's true. It's true. It's just a huge commitment, and there's not a lot of other things you can be doing while you're in law school. That's right. It, yeah, and to give a lot of that up for three years is difficult. But once you get to that point, once you get to law school and you know that's what you want to do, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But you need to get to that point in your life right. before you. Right. You really have to live life before you go to law school. Yeah. So well, let's back up a little bit. So you mm-hmm. went to college at Loyola. I did. And what kinds of things were you involved in there? Um, I was, when I, when I went to New Orleans, I went there um, hoping to, you know, I'm a big. Per- I'm very, very uh, big into the Jesuit education, and Loyola has some of the best. My other sister Nina went to Loyola in Maryland, and she loved her experience there. So it was mm-hmm. kind of what drew me to go to Loyola. But I wanted to go to the South. I just, for whatever reason, I really wanted to go down south. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had family from New Orleans, so oh, I really you did. wanted to see them. Oh, and meet that's them. great. Yeah, it was just it was really interesting to me. I, I didn't know much about it, and I wanted to find out more. Um, it was like my own personal journey. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted yeah. to find out. That's great. Um, but there is where I really, really started to um, respect and, and learn music because this was prior to Katrina. But then, I mean, you could pick, you could go to school and then you can leave class and just head right down to uh, Bourbon Street or um, there's so many other streets, but Maple Street and, and just go to a, a bar or a local establishment. And there's entertainment 24 7. Right. And it's I, I've amazing. never been personally, oh, but of amazing. course I've heard the stories. It's a place I'd, it's on my list. Yes. And the, the, the music there is so, um, it's so different. It really is. And that's where I really learned to, I could sit down and I, could, I can listen to someone, a guy named Jeremy Davenport, who would sing like Frank Sinatra, and then go into another room and be listening to Zydeco. Totally different. I don't know who that is, but, <laughs> but it's just a type of music, and right, just appreciate right. that music. And, yeah, um, and that's where I met uh, Aaron Neville, and uh, was very, very entertained by by his music. I thought that he was amazing. Yeah. Now, how did that meeting come about? I was. I can't remember exactly where I was. I was at a place called DBA, and he was there. He was on the on the second floor. And I was listening. I had asked the, the DJ to change the music because I wanted to listen to whatever it was at the time. And he happened to be there, loved that I chose that song, and came up and wanted to talk. And, oh, wow. and so we talked about music for hours. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and he was a very nice guy. But that's how New Orleans is. Yeah. It's not pretentious. And you never know who you're going to walk into, <laughs> I guess. And yeah. yeah, that's so cool. It's very, very, yeah, it was a very uh, fun experience. I remember calling my dad at like four in the morning and be like, you'll never guess who I was just with. And he didn't <laughs> Sitting guess. at the bar listening <laughs> right. to music. Exactly. That's a great, great story. Um, so, okay, so at that point, you're, um, you obviously you know you want to somehow be involved in music, you know, yes. when you get older and, and your mom was, and I'm sure she had some great context for you. Yes. Um, and then when you decided, uh, what, what year did you make that decision that you were going to go to law school? In 2006, I believe. Okay. Around 2006. I graduated from college in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and did you do in between? I worked for my dad. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. And, and during that time, 
is when I really learned the day-to-day grind. Right. Saw it firsthand. Um, So working with your dad, I'm sure, was a great opportunity for you to see firsthand what really goes on um, in a law practice, because I think a lot of times people probably have grand ideas um, about going to law school and, you know, working on some great cases, but you got to really see the day-to-day. Absolutely. Um, The days are actually, while they're very long hour-wise, it's very entertaining every single day there's something new happening. And when I was, I was, I was, not that I'm old now, but I was fairly young at that time. So, um, you know, it was a different sense of, of pressure for me when you're coming out of college and then you're in this, this establishment. And my dad is, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but he's pretty much the boss of uh, criminal defense work in Philadelphia. So <laughs> That's what I read. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. Um, so, And just for our listeners, you um, uh, Mia's dad practices criminal law, so you know all of those cases and everything that's going on is is probably very much in the news and at the forefront of what's going on in the city. So yes. that's a lot of excitement. Absolutely, um, and a lot of what we what we do is, um, you know, you go in the morning, you meet with the clients, and then uh, we right away by eight o'clock we're in the courthouse handling numerous cases. And it might not be just in Philadelphia. We might travel to Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delaware County. I'm licensed in New Jersey, so I also travel to New Jersey as well for mm-hmm. cases. Um, and then you come back to the office, and then you meet more clients. Right. So, and that lasts until around 7.30 at night. So they're long days. Um, but I, I love that. My dad is very much, um, his work ethic is, is insane. And... Even the fact that he's still going at, at the rate he is yeah. at, at his age. Um, were you living in town at um, that time? I, yes, I was. At that time, I was. Um, and I still am. I'm still in, in Center City. But I love that. I love that he loves to work still. Um, I think for me, that's one of my things, too, is I don't want to not work. I, I really, really love to work. I'm one of those odd birds that 14 hours a day is fun. Yeah, well, it's, I think a lot of people, or if you're, you're happy when you're busy, yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, if you're sitting around kind of twiddling your thumbs, you start thinking too yes, much. And yes. that cannot be a good thing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about your years at law school. Perfect. Okay. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. 
Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, my name is Susan Rocco, and we're in the studio today with Mia Teneri, and she is associate with Nino V. Teneri and Associates in Philadelphia. Um, we're here on WFYL 1180 on Women to Watch. Um, right before the break, we were talking about uh, your school years, uh, Mia, and, and maybe we can just talk briefly about your uh, law school years at Widener, what, sure. what that was like, and how did you get through it? Sure. Um, you know, the hardest part about law school is actually the first year uh, because it's a lot, it's, it's the time period where you either A, realize that you want to be a lawyer or you don't want to be a lawyer and or um, it is so difficult that you don't make it through to the next year. So um, I was, I've always been a pretty outspoken person, uh, but when you get to law school, the first thing that they have you do is stand up in front of what feels like thousands of people and speak about topics that you may have just read about, but really have no clue what you just read about. Right, right. And so, um, and I wanted, I wanted to. I have, were you always an avid reader? Because there's yes. just a ton of reading there that you have a to ton do. Ton of reading. I don't think you can go to law school if you're not a good reader. That's true. I mean, a lot of it is is reading and uh, being able to analyze what you're reading. But law school trains you to think. Uh, differently. So when you're reading uh, cases, you're, you're not reading them as an average person would read them. Uh, you would read them um, looking for things. You're always, you're always trying to identify uh, certain things in, in a case. Okay. Most people just read it. You know, mm -hmm. They, they want to know. They're just right. inquisitive. And as, as a lawyer, you read it and then you try to um, almost attack everything you're reading. And, and that's interpreting, what, I guess, yeah, as you're absolutely. yeah, as you're going on, yeah. And that's what uh, that's what law school kind of trains you to do. And some people can do that, and some people can't. Um, the first year is 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 very humbling. It's a very difficult experience. You see a lot of people that you become friendly with uh, wind up leaving just because they either didn't make it through or or they they quit. Um, and then once you get through the first year, it's just. Um, you know, two more years of the same thing, but not as intense because then you get to go out and and um, be a part of um, companies or internships or in uh, some schools you get to do a co-op. But in my situation, I was able to intern uh, with different companies. One of them was uh, DuPont Legal in Delaware, and I did a lot of electronic discovery, which was actually based out in Chile. So I was uh, reviewing a lot of electronic discovery from Chile. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have a lot of support, I guess, from family saying, you know, through those years, you can do it, you know, stick it out, you can do it. Um, Absolutely. I feel like we all, we all need cheerleaders in our life, um, you know, when we're doing something difficult. It, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because um, you have, no matter who you are, you have that moment in law school where you think, what am I doing? Do I want to do this? And I always had, you know, my dad... Uh, being a lawyer, I always had him to, to go to. And again, he never said, oh, you have to do this. He just say, you know what, just stick with it. If, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. And I never went to law school thinking I want to be a criminal defense attorney. I went to law school thinking this will open up the door for me on so many other levels. Um, 
So I didn't go in thinking, gosh, I need to graduate to be this, you know, the next criminal defense attorney. It was, it was, it was bigger actually. It was, I want to be, I want to be a, a business person and be able to, um, you know, know the law behind that. Yeah, that's great. You so, wanted to make your own way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So for the listeners, you, you know, you pr- you're practicing now both criminal and entertainment law. So, uh, you know, those are two very separate fields, or as Manny said, they can cross over. <laughs> so um, just describe a little bit about the difference uh, when you're handling a criminal case versus um, perhaps uh, somebody in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. Um, in regards to the criminal cases, um, it's, it's definitely different. Uh, there's, there's trials, there's court appearances. Um, you spend time uh, going over something called discovery, which is information in regards to their case. And, and then you, you set it down for either a trial or, um, or a, a, a non-trial. Um, it's it's a very hands-on experience where uh, with some of the entertainment clients it's a contract it's negotiating it's not so much uh hand-holding with your client as it is uh, negotiating with whomever they are trying to contract with so if i have a client on the entertainment side who is looking for sponsorship i'm dealing with whomever the brand is um on behalf of my client okay so i'm I'm, you know i advocate for both the criminal and for my entertainment client but in two separate ways right and on on a day-to-day um can you talk about which area might be a little bit more challenging than the other (laughs) um (laughs) on a day it's interesting Uh, i feel like my day in the morning is is heavily dedicated to going to court um on the criminal side and then in the evening, because I deal with a lot of uh, clients in California, the the time difference um, has me up a little bit later oh, working okay. on contracts because it's mm-hmm. a three-hour time difference. Mm-hmm. So I can get home around 10 o'clock at night and then just start working with clients from California. Wow. Right. So it's a, it's it's a, a long day. It is a very long day. But <laughs> but I, I'm still at that point where I love it. Yeah. I love what I do. And so. you're still young enough. You know, you're still making you can repeat contact. That. She's very young. <laughs> I don't mind saying that. (laughs) And she's quite beautiful. It's a shame we're not on television. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, you are young enough that you're still (laughs) (laughs) making those contacts and getting to know people, even though, you know, we talked a lot about your dad he's he's been doing it for a long long time but I like that you're you know really trying to make your own way and and uh do your own things and then just you know talk to dad when you need some advice or some support yeah and he's actually been great at that because not only uh does he do criminal defense work that is what he's known for um he does a lot of civil work and he has represented a lot of companies and he's also represented um, a lot of athletes and performers. So I've been able to go to him in, in situations where perhaps a contract is, um, you know, just something unique. He's been able to be there and help me and, and, and work on it with me. So it's been, it's been really great. And at the same time, I've brought a lot of, um, you know, business to, to the, the, the firm as well right, that he right, wouldn't I normally bet. have seen. Right. How do you go about finding your clients, especially in the entertainment industry? Because, you know, we're, we're, we've really made a lot of headway as mm-hmm. far as that, you know, and that's a lot of thanks to Sharon Pinkinson in the true. film office. That's very true. Right. But, um, you know, we're not New York City and we're not L.A. So how do you go about finding those clients? It's interesting. Um, in Philadelphia, we're, 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 we're still a diamond in the rough, basically. We have so much talent in Philadelphia that nobody knows about. Right. In fact, at this last Grammys, uh, we had two producers who were nominated for Grammys on on, on uh, major records. They didn't win, but they're still nominated. And there's From our f- area? That's correct, yeah. yeah. That's and there's great. only five nominees. So, um, you know, we are here. We're, we're absolutely present, but... Uh, you know, the branding's not done right. properly yet. Right. We haven't been able to do it. Um, and by we, I mean Philadelphia as a whole. We just haven't been able to capitalize on that because a lot of these um, artists who are great wind up leaving and going to Nashville or New York right. or, or right. L.A., obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been able, I've been very fortunate. Um, it's just one, you know, one one lucky thing happened um, and one of my very first clients was Joe Piscopo, who was formerly from Saturday Night Live. And then from that, um, 
you know, I've just met so many people. The one thing I do do is uh, network. I'm mm-hmm. out a lot trying to, you know, establish my name. Um, and I'm on the Philadelphia Music Alliance as well, um, which, you know, has been pretty helpful. But for the most part, I've, I've worked with a lot of um, advertising agencies and a lot of producers um, who we kind of collab together and we work together. Mm-hmm. So getting clients has actually been... Uh, quite easy yeah so and, and you mu- I mean you obviously you're um you know you're naturally social and you enjoy those events going out and meeting people yes. that's really what you need to do yes um networking can be a lot of fun I'm sure there's some nights when you're tired and maybe there's an event you don't want to go to <laughs> but um in general it's you know just getting out there and meeting people and and showing them who you are absolutely it can be a lot of fun and it's also um you know, not just here in Philadelphia. We've been able to, I've been able to actually go to New York. Like I said, I have clients out in California, clients in New York, um, and clients here. So, you know, the, the more, the more clientele you have, it's not really necessarily important where they're from. It's just a matter of of making sure that they're represented, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So, um, you have another company, something else that you're doing in addition to law. And uh, tell me about MCTE Entertainment and what things you're doing there. Yeah, it's MCT Entertainment. MCTE. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so that is essentially um, my artist management company. Uh, a lot of times you'll see a lot of entertainment attorneys also manage their clients. Um, I manage um, a few clients, and, and I have that in a separate category where I work with uh, branding and product placement and sponsorships with them. And it's my uh, attempt in, in helping them uh, relate to an, uh, a fan that they wouldn't normally be able to do. It's a very different uh, world today with, with technology and, and the Internet and everybody has access but my goal is with my artists to brand them properly, get them sponsors, but have them interact with fans in a unique way. And each artist I would like to do that with. So is that through events? Do, do you set up different it, types of events or? It can be. Um, one thing that we're working on right now with the client is we have um, partnered with a pretty large online company and they it's pretty much all retail. So what we do with them is if they have, um, let's just say they have some sort of shirt that's that's a, a designer, my artist will then um, do some sort of giveaway to the fan base, but they have to uh, the fan base will have to ask questions about the product, and then whoever gets it right will finally get that product. But it's a very cool concept because the 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 brand is getting a name and the client is getting a name. Right. So right. It, it, it just broadens their. Um, accessibility to people and getting to know who they are a little right. bit more. Those collaborative projects are so great. I mean, Absolutely. there's always, I feel like, two uh, groups of people that can come together and help each other in really creative ways. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's really, really important now because as great as music is, you need more as an artist. You really mm-hmm. need to um, basically... Um, set yourself apart I guess you know there's a word I just <laughs> lost but yes yeah, so you really do need to set yourself apart that's yeah. a good way to put it um, but you need to be able to make sure that you can reach market A market B and market C and and not and not just sing you know make it one um, make yourself so one dimensional okay you need to target be, the right people exactly yeah. you need to make sure the good example would be Justin Timberlake he is Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are. Right. He is broad exactly. mass appeal. <laughs> Man, he's getting flustered. <laughs> Do you love? <laughs> we love him. Yeah, but he's great. Yeah, See, he every- is. We're all different ages, and we all love right, him. Right, right. But he's he's done a really good job at branding and making mm-hmm. sure that his that that fan base everybody can relate to him but but i think he has that broad appeal i don't know that every artist has that ability that's his personality where he's an entertainer and he's a musician and he's funny he's funny and warm right yeah but that's what i'm working on with my clients is try to make sure that they have um because every artist thinks they have it Mm -hmm. but not every artist has that so (laughs) part of what do you do when someone approaches you and and maybe they don't have it that must be a little tricky and they're looking to you for some guidance this is true i do get 
at least two or three calls a day letting me know how wonderful some of these people are and I will not turn down anyone I will at least entertain a, a at least a conversation mm-hmm. but I will not <laughs> sign anybody if I don't think they're you don't believe in them I right guess. I, you really yeah. have to fe- you have to feel it and yeah. if you don't feel it then you're not going to be able to dedicate your time and effort to these people yeah. so um that being said, I that's why my management company I I only manage four artists right now to make sure that I'm I'm giving them what I think they deserve. Yeah, that's great. You know, not not stretch yourself too far. Now, these are two. Are you? Do you have two different offices, or how do you? Oh, it's all from the same office. It's all from the same office. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and when people, if I if I'm working strictly with musicians or artists, we have a conference room, and they'll come in. Part of the one thing that I do ask is that they come in and they have to sing for me. Um, because that's kind of, if you're a singer, I want to hear you. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind right. of the deal. Yeah. Um, and if they're not ready yet, I have, I just recently signed um, a 16 year old girl who is absolutely phenomenal. She's great. Um, but there's a difference between having a great voice and being ready to go into a studio right. and having a recording voice. Right. So um, the first thing I did was made sure that she works with a vocal coach who is, who has been. Uh, in the studio for years uh, so that so that she can be trained to record as opposed to um, you know any other thing because sometimes if you're influenced by musician any sort of artist on the radio you tend to try to emulate them mm-hmm. and and that's originality is really important so um, what you hear on the radio isn't necessarily how um, an artist actually sounds right so <laughs> it's kind of like us in here. <laughs> we sound slightly different, you right. know, once Manny puts it through the machine than we do in person. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. It's very helpful. Um, the uh, Philadelphia Music Alliance, just quickly, I don't know that people even know um, that that exists, and I know that you um, work with them. And what, are, what types of things are they trying to do in Philadelphia? The Philadelphia Music Alliance is a not-for-profit, and it's dedicated to recognizing and um, celebrating Philadelphia's uh, musical legacy. So um, initially it began in in the effort to um, really honor artists who came from the Gamble and Huff um, label. And there's millions and millions of artists that have have started out with Gamble and Huff and made them who they are. Um, as the years have progressed, we are um, continuing in that in that leg, but we are honoring um, we continue to honor artists who uh, have come from Philadelphia. Um, some people that we have honored are Marion Anderson, DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, Hall and Oates, so people in that vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to continue to do that, and hopefully we'll have uh, a little bit more to talk about in regards to the Music Alliance um, this coming year. Great. Great. We'd love to hear all about that. Um, Okay, we're going to take another quick break before um, we wrap up the show. We'll be right back. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680. And be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. If you have separation or divorce in your current situation or future plans, you will not be alone in this journey when you hire divorce coach Sheila Brennan. She will guide you and provide important information about the process as well as personal support. With Sheila's help, you learn the skills and strategies to effectively manage your divorce. 
As your divorce coach, Sheila answers your questions, provides priceless advice, and offers the assistance you'll need in this uncertain and emotional time in your life. For a complimentary discovery session with Sheila, call 610-687-1414. That's 610-687-1414. Or find Sheila at BrennanDivorceCoach.com. In today's marketplace, with the number of devices being used to access information online, it's more important than ever to have a web presence, no matter what industry you are in. Click Canyon is a local marketing agency that is focused on providing online marketing strategies and solutions for small businesses. Successful businesses realize the power of not only being found when searched for, but to also communicate with their potential customers and turn them into recurring business. Click Canyon helps small businesses click to be found, connect through conversation, and convert to paying customers. To connect with us, call 484-265-1064 or find us at clickcanyon.com. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Hey, everybody. We're back in the studio today. Women to Watch on WFYL 1180. My name is Susan Rocco. And today I'm thrilled to have in the studio Mia Teneri, who is an attorney with Nino V. Teneri and Associates. And we're talking all about her life and what she does in both the, uh, the law uh, industry as well as the entertainment industry. And um, something um, you had mentioned to me before we came into the studio was some music-based reality shows that um, you're working on. Can you tell, yes. tell us a little bit about that? <coughs> Sorry, yes. Um, I, had, I received a phone call maybe about a year ago um, from a film production company in LA and they were looking to do a lot of reality TV shows. So they had come to me for some sort of creative content and putting together the show and uh, for the past year I would say I've, I've worked on a few um, creative content, creative content for uh, both music based reality shows as well as um, more of a travel shows so they're coming to fruition now they do take a little while um, to work on but uh, once we get the green light then we'll start filming pilots and go from there so that's exciting gonna, yeah, that is exciting yeah um, that's going to take you to do more travel you do a lot of traveling I do you do and uh, do you do that alone um, I do um, it depends on on what I'm going where for right. um, I have when I go to LA I generally go uh, by myself or or with my clients uh, depending on what the meetings are for mm-hmm. uh, when I was there I was in LA a month ago and that was for the Grammys and then I'll be flying out there again at the end of April for um, five clients five different client meetings so it's three days wow for I think about 10 different meetings we have set up so there's really not a lot of time to uh, do anything else but work while out there yeah yeah but it, although the grammys was fun oh, can was you amazing. i mean can you what was that like did you have a good seat oh uh, yeah i had gr- i was i think i was the 16th row back from center of the stage oh so my gosh. it was amazing it, the grammys is nothing short of the best concert of your life i, I, I mean, can't even imagine and this year's was was it this what year did you go this year. This year. And I went last year yeah, as well. Yeah, it was great show this amazing. year. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so What's I What I want to know, and I think people, we, there was major productions absolutely. at this year's Grammys. So when one major production, you know, comes to an end on the stage, what is it like in between? Okay. So How it's hard for me to, because I don't know what it looks like from TV, but when you're there, they've separated the, the stage into two, two different entities. So... Um, the way they do it is on one side, on the right side, they'll they'll start putting together whatever that production entails, and they'll lift up what is uh, like a pseudo screen, and then I'm assuming that the camera will um, zoom in on that side of the stage. So when that's done, then they bring back down the the um, uh, like the curtain, 
and they open the other side and the other production is ready. So while the other production is going, they're cleaning the other side of the okay. stage. Okay. So so there's two stages there's basically two stages, yeah. and when one's going on they're working on the other. Absolutely. It's very interesting. That's incredible. But that's how people said, "Oh my gosh, how do they get when I think it was Fun who performed, they had uh, water at the very beginning. Yes, and yes. People said, "How do they get rid of the water?" Right. It's because they had enough time during the other performance to get rid of everything. Plus they had plastic on the floor. So when it fell, they were able to um, lift up the plastic right. and put it all into one, it looked like one big grate. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. It really, it's... And did you have, did you know who was coming each time? Yes. Did you have a program? Yes. So you know who was going to perform? And they announce it. Um, during commercial breaks, they tell you what's happening next. Plus you can see the prompters, so you know what's going on. Right. It's really a, a, an amazing experience. It's great. Were you able to take your husband? I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I know. I know. So you are married, <laughs> and am. I know I've seen some beautiful, wonderful pictures um, of your wedding, and and you know it got uh, got a lot of press. Um, tell me a little bit about the wedding, if you could. The wedding is still three years later. One of my most um, memorable and fun experiences of my life. It was so much fun. Um, Joe Volpe, who owns Chess Cafe, uh, also. Um, owns uh, or uh, doesn't own it but he um, uh, one of his spots is the Curtis Center at the atrium which is where I had my wedding okay and he does all the food with Chess Cafe and he's got some of the best food and he also does everything on his own he's almost like a 360 where he does everything he uh, does the uh, the decorating the flowers the food has the he venue. coordinates it, brings yeah, it all together. It's pretty much within his own company. Okay. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't think anybody else is doing it. Would he be labeled an event planner or a wedding planner? He does everything. He's he's an event uh, an event guy. Extraordinary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he owns V. He also owns oh, okay. um, Chess Cafe Ballroom, Tendenza. I'm going to so. V next week, actually, oh, okay. if I've never been before. Oh, I'm it's excited. Great. He's, he's, he's really unbelievable. He's great. Um, and when I explained to him uh, what it was that I wanted, it, he, he understood it. It was <laughs> bizarre because in my mind, I wanted all I wanted was I wanted everything to be white and flowy um, with the with the drapes. And I wanted white, white roses, white flowers, white furniture, a little bit of cream. But I didn't want co- much color because I wanted my my bridesmaids who were wearing fuchsia to be oh, the pop. Yeah. And I mean, he. I love a lot of it. white. I just it think that makes such a statement. Sometimes, you know, sometimes things require color. Right. But sometimes <laughs> people all, all white <laughs> right. is. Uh, he kept saying, to me, "Are you yes. sure? Are you sure?" And then after he did it, he was like, "This is awesome." Yeah. And he wound up using it in a few magazines. So it was very cool. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, Rohom covered my wedding. Right. They did. Right afterwards, they did an article about the wedding. Yeah. Well, the picture that you have, your profile picture, I think is really beautiful. Oh, yeah, and what is coming down from the sky? Those were rose petals. So because I have my um, New Orleans background, mm-hmm. I wanted to walk in um, to a song called The Second Line. And it, it, it involves the, the umbrellas. So right. I had an umbrellas sent uh, from New Orleans to Philadelphia for my bridesmaids and I and, and the groomsmen and my parents and my husband's parents to dance in with our umbrellas to the second line. So it's, it was very traditional so um, yeah, New Orleans style entrance. Right. And then I had Jerry Blavitt there. I had the Tramps, the Times performed. It was so cool. Oh, my gosh. So, so cool. I wish I was on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again. I'll was it, it again. a big, big wedding? Did It was. It was probably, I think, around 400 people. 400. Wow. Yeah, Dad's still paying for that one. (laughs) (laughs) 400 of my best friends. Uh, Right. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, and your husband, what does does he do for a living? He is um, the senior vice president for Core Realty. It's a development company here in Philadelphia. Um, Is he from the area? He's he's from right outside of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, David Fisher. <laughs> Give a shout out to David Fisher. <laughs> um, How did you two meet? Oh goodness, we've known each other for about twelve years. We met uh, my freshman year of college, his senior year of college, and then he graduated and he wound up going to American University for uh, his uh, business degree. Okay. And I stayed together. We stayed together for four years, all through college for me, and um, right after college, you know, we just took a little break, and then I went to law school, and been together it was since, meant to be yeah because yeah. that's really tough to stay through all that all those years of school but absolutely <laughs> you guys did it the we right way it. yeah, yeah. 
We did. I mean, we didn't stay together for 12 years, but we had stayed together for four. And then we're friends for yeah. quite some time and then got back together yeah. and got married. That's great. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about, so you really are juggling a lot of different things. Um, you know, you're, you're representing clients and you're, you're um, working with branding for people in the entertainment industry. Um, you're on many, many boards. How do you manage your day, you know, your, your day-to-day? Um, is it a constant juggling process or are you very kind of thoughtful and organized (laughs) um interesting i would love to say that i you know i do something like yoga every morning and then i do oatmeal but i don't i don't do any of that Um, no yoga and oatmeal no no but if if that's what's cool then yes (laughs) um i pretty much um this job entails you to be able to go with the flow mm-hmm. so you, you can't you can't be very rigid you have to be able to um you know give and take basically ebbs and flows that's how life is so like i said sometimes in the morning i know every morning i'm definitely going into the office mm-hmm. you know by 7 30 at the latest because we have to be in court by eight so i know that's happening so you get up early every absolutely. day absolutely yeah. yeah and whatever happens throughout the day happens because I don't know sometimes I'm in court I'll be in the middle of doing a preliminary hearing and I'll see that my phone is ringing and it's somebody from California or it's you know it's some it's a record label whomever it may be right so right. I have to step out and and you know handle that as well so I really don't know I, I can recall maybe a couple months ago I was doing an endorsement deal for an Olympian and um, part of the struggle with that was the Olympics had been um, you know months in advance so as it works in with endorsements, if if you don't um, if you're not endorsed right away, then the further away you are from the actual event makes it a little bit difficult for you to actually still you know get the endorsements that you want. Not necessarily get endorsements, just get the ones that you would like. Right, right. And and when this was happening, it was I mean it was every day. We we're 15 calls a day, you know, basically hammering out these contracts. And you know you really don't know. So if I was in court. I'm, I have to make sure that I can get back to the office to look at the computer because you can't do everything by the phone, even though you'd right. love to. Right. You can't. I mean, it doesn't make sense to right. do that. So um, really, it's not – there's no set uh, schedules for me. Yeah. And But do you fret about that, you know, not being able to get to some back to somebody? I feel as though because information is so accessible live – everything is immediate today that there's that constant sense of urgency to reply to people and there's yes. just not enough hours in the day to do that that's true and, um you know if you're conscient i i know i do that i just fret that i can't respond to everyone that minute i, I remember initially i was always very very concerned that if i didn't respond within 10 minutes of receiving you know an email an email or a text yeah i felt like maybe i wasn't i wasn't doing um I, you know th- i was missing something but now, you know, when, when you're really representing somebody's best interest, you can only represent them, you know, in, in the best way by making sure you're, you're reviewing things timely and properly. Um, if you don't respond to something, yeah, I think that's bad. I mean, I, I would never not respond. Right. But there's, there are things that need more attention um, and others that don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I remember in the very beginning being fearful of not responding right away. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because I remember maybe 15 years ago or 20 years ago, probably, um, you know, everything was done by a letter. Right. So and that ta- right. That's going to take, take a couple days. Oh, yeah, you have to at least read it, then you respond. So it's funny yeah. because now, you know, before it would take two weeks just to get a response back. Now you can get something back, you know in a snap yeah it's good and bad yeah it I is. think it's good a bit it puts a lot of pressure it does on us um it can be very efficient but there's only so, like you said I, I think it's important that you're uh, be, before you respond to somebody that you have something valuable to 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 say yeah. or return back absolutely and you don't want to just respond to respond because right. you know you, you, I always say if you're going to say anything just make sure that it's you know the most educated or intelligent response that you can provide and right if you can't then just hold off there's right. no harm in in waiting but right. there is that sense of urgency now especially within this younger generation where they feel the need to you know constantly be attached to their phones right. respond to everything mm-hmm. and part of it has to do with you know sites like twitter and 
really essentially Twitter where you can be anonymous and right. say whatever you want. Right. That, that's often not, not a good thing. Exactly. Um, but um, as we wind down the show, I, I just wonder if you can give our listeners, if anyone's listening and they want to be in touch with you for either or, you know, any of the multiple things that you're involved with, what would be the best contact information for sure. them to reach you? My email is mctinari at gmail.com. And my office number is 215-790-4010. We also have a website, which is www.ninotinari.com. Okay, great show, Mia. Thank Thank you you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you. So that's it, uh, gang. Today we were with Mia Teneri from uh, Nino V. Teneri and Associates talking all about law and entertainment and some great stuff. So if you're listening out there and you uh, have any interest in coming in and sharing with us what you're doing, I'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to send me an email to srocco233 at gmail. And uh, have a great week, and we'll see you again next week.